Welcome back to Garage Logic. The Deputy Mayor, Tom Hauser, sitting in for Joe Souchere today here on 1500 ESPN. And I am very uh, grateful to be joined on this Thanksgiving weekend by the hockey professor, Mike McGraw. Michael, I haven't seen you for a while, but we, uh, we exchange messages from time to time, usually giving each other grief about something or another. So it's always good to hear, always good to hear your voice. Well, thank you, Deputy Mayor Hauser. How are you after the day after Thanksgiving? Did you have a I, good holiday? Uh, I did have a good holiday with the family, and uh, we had all the kids home, and we had a lot of uh, nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles and uh, about 21 people, I think, over at my house. Well, good for you. And uh, I, I felt badly that I had to skedaddle out of there to come down here and do the radio and miss out on a lot of the cleanup. You know, yeah. you know how badly I felt about yes, that. Yes, I know, I know. I'm, I'm it just, hurts you to the quick. And I'm praying that my wife is not listening as we speak, because she can hear the sarcasm in my voice. Uh, there's no question about that. Hey, let's talk about some hockey. I know it's your favorite thing to talk about. Uh, right. You uh, spend a lot of your time, of course, as a scout for the Boston Bruins and uh, dealing with the, with the NHL, but obviously you're scouting uh, a lot of players at the high school level. Before you join us for our high school hockey broadcasts for the state tournament in February and March, but let's start by talking about uh, high school uh, boys cl- class AA. I have in front of me the Let's Play Hockey uh, rankings, the top ten teams, and this sounds like a lot of traditional powerhouses involved here: Edina, number one, followed by Duluth East, Moorhead, Minnetonka, St. Thomas Academy, Holy Family, Centennial, Eden Prairie, Hill Murray, and then Wyzetta. Uh, rounding out uh, the top ten, as you l- hear that list, and I'm sure you've you've studied this a little bit. Uh, does that sound pretty reasonable to you this early, just as the season is getting underway? Well, it, it does. I think if you uh, look at the rosters of the kids that played in the fall elite league, those teams at the top of uh, the top ten for uh, let's play hockey had most of the kids, or you know, quite a bit of their lineups in the league. St. Thomas Academy had nine players. Uh, Edina had 11. Duluth East had 10. You know, that's half their roster played in that elite league. So that tells you something right there. And I remember, and so obviously that means a lot of them are going to be Division I uh, commitments on the team. And I, I remember when I interviewed Willard Eichla the last year or the year before, he always said, and I forget the exact number, but he always said the minimum number of of players that he would have on his team that were destined for Division One hockey, I think the number he gave me was six. He mm-hmm. said if he had six D1 players uh, on his team, he knew he had a shot at a state title. Does that sound about right? Well, it does. I, the depth is, is so important today where you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you could have two guys carry you. You can't do that anymore in high school hockey. You need the one... You need two really good lines and a third line that can play with anybody and eat up minutes. But then on those top two lines, you need kids that are difference makers. You need four or five kids that are just a little bit better than everybody else. So I agree with Willard. If you have that, if you're that deep, you have a good shot at it. Not a guarantee, but you have the shot. And sometimes you can have the underdog team that comes in. Maybe there's only one or two real standouts and the rest of the team is just very steady and they uh, you know I interviewed a couple of the the high school football coaches Mike Grant and Dave Nelson earlier about their 6A uh, championship game coming up tonight and and -hmm. and they were talking about uh, Dave Nelson in particular was talking about the group of kids he has 
just seems really special. They're really bonded, and they're all you know focused on on the same thing, and they're not playing for themselves. And so sometimes you can get a, a high school team like that with maybe not a lot of superstars, but they all just play well together from the first through the fourth lines. Well, right now, Minnetonka seems to be going through a very good class. They had nine kids playing in that fall elite league too. So I think they, along with uh, their new coach, Sean Goldsworthy, I think Minnetonka has a really good shot to uh, knock Eden Prairie off and be a definite contender for the state title because they have some talented kids. Yeah, and as, and as I mentioned, Minnetonka ranked uh, fourth in the in the preseason rankings. They just picked their team here in the last week, and there are uh, eight or nine seniors on the team. So it's going to be and, and these are kids who have accomplished some things. They had at one point had won back to back Bantam Double A state championships, and yeah. so maybe now they're going to bear the fruits of 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 those championships. They they seem to have some chemistry issues at the varsity level the last couple of years, but now they've changed uh, coaches. Sean Goldsworthy, as you know, another uh, famous hockey name in Minnesota, has taken over that program. And so it it remains to be seen how he's going to be able to mold these players. Well, I I think it does remain to be seen because he's not a proven coach at the high school level, but he coached for a long time at Division Three, and he did a wonderful job at St. Olaf. I know that Sean carries himself uh, with a lot of pride, personal pride and integrity, and I'm sure that that, he will infuse that in his team. And the one thing about Sean is he's not going to let them take the easy way out of things. He's not going to let them excuse, you know, that coach, this is the excuse why I couldn't do it. He's going to hold them accountable. And I think that is one thing that will really help their program this year. And they have to get past Eden Prairie, which has been difficult in recent years, because, of yep. course, they had Casey Middlestad on the team. Now it's the, co- it's the post-Middlestad era at Eden Prairie. What's left in the cupboard at Eden Prairie? Well, it's not completely bare. Uh, you know, from Central Scouting's list, they have a player called Jack Jensen, who's a very good player. Not in Casey's. Uh, he doesn't have the offensive output of Casey, but he plays a real solid two-way game. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to be a team leader. Their big question mark is goaltending and, and if they have enough defensemen to, to be able to defend. And then, yeah, they'll be okay up front. And then we go back to the top of the list. Uh, Edina, this seems to be their strongest team in, oh. in several years. Well, they're going to have so much team speed that I don't know how you're going to be able to defend against them. Um, their first-line center is a little speedy guy, and, and uh, um, you know, he's coming up blank on his name right now, but he's a Division One was drafted last year. Now, maybe you can find one kid on your team to defend against him, but now they have um, a move back into their area. Uh, Demetrius Komasu. That was in uh, Arizona the last two years. He came back. He's going to be their second-line center, and he may be as good as the first-line center. So I don't know where a team finds the depth to be able to defend them. And the other strength for Edina, they are going to have the top six high school defensemen in the state. These kids can all skate. They are tremendous players, handle a puck with poise, and I think that's going to be the strength of their team right there. Well, they do sound formidable. And then in between Edina at one and Minnetonka at four, you've got uh, northern Minnesota well-represented. Duluth East ranked second and Moorhead third. Uh, so the northern Minnesota well-represented in the top ten. They are. Duluth East had ten kids in the fall elite league, deservedly so. They're a very deep program this year. They were down a little bit last year. They played a lot of sophomores and juniors. Those kids are now a year older, and they're going to be very good. Moorhead returns almost their entire lineup from last season. 
And uh, they were a very good participant in the state tournament last year. I don't see them letting up at all. Uh, maybe Brainerd gives them a scare. Maybe they can beat them, but it's going to be a big stretch for Brainerd, and I think that's the second-best team in Section 8. All right, Michael, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk boys Class A. We'll also talk uh, some girls high school hockey. They've been underway now for uh, a few weeks already. And then maybe a quick question or two about the NHL. We'll be back with Mike the Hockey Professor McGraw after this. And welcome back. You're enjoying the walk-up music for Mike McGraw, a little tattoo by Van Halen. It's what It's your theme song, right, Mike? <laughs> that's I, I, every time I'm at your house, I hear this music. What are you? Are you denying it now? Well, you know, you, uh, when I you come on, out, when you come on 45 TV for the high school broadcast, that's the music we hear. Are you denying that? Yeah. Yes, I'm denying that now. <laughs> Lawrence uh, Welk, maybe. Yes, maybe. Some <laughs> Boy, now you're dating yourself. Wow. Yeah. Although I too remember Lawrence Welk, yeah. but because my parents were listening. But that's right. Me too. Yeah, Me too, yeah you did. That's our story, and we're sticking to it. Sticking to it. Let's talk about uh, boys Class A hockey. Uh, here's the top ten: Hermantown, Saint Cloud Cathedral, Orono, East Grand Forks, Matamidi, Breck, Alexandria, Greenway. Delano and Monticello. Not a surprise at all that Hermantown at the top of the rankings as we kick off the season. No, the big change there, Bruce Plant resigned and uh, went off into retirement after winning state titles. And and they're they're uh, they're down a little bit this year. I I, I think that uh, Greenway is going to have a real chance to upset them this year. But I still think. Right now, Hermantown's the favorite because no one's beat them in, up there in a long time. But Greenway is a team no one's heard of. Mike Antonovich is old school, and they do have some young kids that can really play it. question for them is, can their goaltending take it take so, them far enough? So Hermantown is number one in, <clears throat> in some part because of their uh, laurels, their success of the last right. couple of years. But you think some of these teams a little further down the list uh, may give them a run for their money? Well, I do. I think St. Cloud Cathedral is going to have a real good chance. They had three kids playing in the Elite League. Bob Motzko's son was one of them. He's a very talented offensive player. I think they're going to have some depth this year. All right. And Go ahead. one team, though, Tom, that I thought was too far down the list for me is Delano. I think, uh, they, you know, they probably look at Delano and sell them a little short because of all the kids they graduated. But uh, this fall, Jackson Jolly, the goaltender, was the best goaltender in the Elite League. And he and Tanner Glassrude, the big defenseman, made great strides. If they can continue to play throughout the year like they played in the Elite League, they're going to be very hard to beat with just those two kids. Now, they had uh, that one high-flying line, as I recall, last year. I forget their names. Did right. they graduate those kids, or are some yeah. of them still there? All of them, they, no, That was they, a senior they line. They graduated them, but I, they do have some good returning kids, and their goaltender, Jelly, is going to really be – he's going to be a kid that I think at the high school level this year will be able to win games for them. He's going to do that on a regular basis for him. All right, let's so. talk. Let's talk about girls' uh, class double A hockey uh, again. What a surprise! Edina number one, just like in boys double A, <laughs> followed by Blake Hill, Murray, Blaine, Forest Lake, Centennial, Eden Prairie, Maple Grove, Elk River, and then Minnetonka at number ten. Uh, Edina, the favorite here uh, again at the start of the season and likely at the end of the season. I think so. I, I think their program is so good, and Sammy Reaver seems to be just, uh, she just has the right touch to coach. I think the kids really respect her. She enjoys the game so much and has so much respect for it. I just think they're kind of special right now with her. 
And then you see a lot of other perennial uh, powerhouses in girls hockey in the top 10. You've got Eden Prairie and Minnetonka, uh, Blake. Uh, any of these teams, you, you got to, as you always hear, you got to make sure teams don't have injuries. You got to see how they how they come together as a team. But it should be very competitive, it looks like to me. Oh, I think so. I, I think this year, maybe more so in girls hockey, it's not going to be as easy for the top teams, you know, the top two or three teams to run away from everybody else. I think there's a little more parity this year. I think that the girls program is, is improving every year. You know, I talk to you about that at the state tournament every year, and I, I just have so much respect for those girls that play, the coaches that work with them, because they really do improve every year they get better as teams and they get better individually yeah in the 12 years we've been doing high school hockey together on 45 tv uh, the quality of the play has increased measurably and and expanded the number of teams that are competitive right and i i think it's going to be the same this year if you've noticed some of the scores powerhouses like hill murray in the past were beating kids you know eight nine to one now their games are four three five four five three I mean, they're just that the parity is becoming even stronger now. And then girls class A, number one is Breck in the preseason. Let's play hockey ratings, followed by War Road, another traditional powerhouse, then Delano Rockford. Delano becoming quite the hockey hotbed. Red Wing, East Grand Forks, St. Paul United, Thief River Falls, Proctor Hermantown, Alexandria, and Hutchinson. Uh, again, another. Uh, there's a lot of teams there, a lot of traditional powerhouses. Right, and and again, the parity there. I, I think that uh, the Delano program is really kind of interesting because they've been, you know, they've just been kind of building year after year and not making great strides and becoming more competitive. And as much as the boys' program was good last year, I think their girls' program is really ready to make, take the next step, too, that now, they've built and built. Now, in the last two or three minutes we have left with you, let's talk some NHL hockey, because I, I realize now I've taken you away from the Pittsburgh-Boston game, which is exactly. uh, on television right now. Uh, two minutes into the third period, it is 3-3, uh, three to three, a very, uh, very tight game. Boston and the Minnesota Wild are having kind of similar seasons. You know, a couple games over 500, middle of the pack in the standings. Uh, let's let's start with uh, the Minnesota Wild. Then we'll get to your Boston Bruins. What do you what have you thought of what you've seen of the Wild so far? Well, you know, I think they have a lot of talent, and I think it's just one of those years where, for them, things haven't clicked. They're good guys. I think they miss Parisi more than more than what they say. I think when you, he's a spark plug, he's the He's like the, the driver of the bus. Say what you want about all the other players. He's the guy, I think, that really does drive the bus. So they're trying to find their way without him. And, you know, the, the, good, the young kids now are having to, to carry part of the pressure, and they're learning how to do that. I think they'll be just fine. If people just relax, don't get on them, don't get down on them, just relax. At the end of the year, they're going to be good. And Dubnik has been up and down. Of course, he had the three straight shutouts. Uh, after he had struggled a little bit before that and has given up a few goals uh, since then. But, you know, it, it seems to me, uh, as Dubnik goes, so go the Wild. Well, it does. And people have to realize with him, he gets in on some of those games, like a stretch, he has three shutouts. He's playing way above normal. And then he comes back to normal, people get upset on him. And, it, and they shouldn't. He's good. Yeah, he's trying ab- to do well. Absolutely, and he's uh, you know he he's been proving it for a long time, and it's very difficult <laughs> yeah. in the NHL. You know better than I do for a goaltender to just be lights out every single night. But luckily, the the Wild have seemed to have found a quality backup in Alex Stalock. 
Alex Daylock has played really well. I have a lot of admiration for him, the way he's kind of battled back and uh, gotten himself back into the league. I, th- I thought he showed um, a lot of maturity when he told the Wild, I need to go down to Iowa to play more uh, in his development a year ago or a year and a half, whenever it was. I thought that was really big of him, and I think now it's paying big dividends for him. All right, the last 45 seconds belong to your Boston Bruins. They're 9-7-4 and four coming into play today. 22 points, like I said, right around the same where the Wild are, who are at 23 points. Uh, how are the Boston Bruins going to come together? Well, I, I think for us, Tom, it's more a question of how our young guys are going to play. We have, uh, we're playing from five to seven guys that are under 23 years of age every night. And, and in that league, everybody has to be able to play. So for us, it's how well our young guys are going to play. Our core guys are going to play well all the time. And that's what we're finding. Our young guys are finding out right now is that how hard it is to compete game in and game out. Uh, so I think we'll be okay at the end of the year. I, a lot of our kids are really promising. They work hard, um, but they just have to learn how to be pros. They're not there yet. And it's your job to help find more young players to augment the Boston Bruins system. So right. uh, best of luck to you, Mike, on that. I'm sure I will see you at a rink uh, very soon. Maybe over the holidays we'll get together and uh, watch some tournament games somewhere. Okay, Tom. Thank you very much. All right, and my best to Jeannie, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Okay, same to you. All right, Mike Thanks. McGraw, the hockey professor, uh, joining us. And, of course, he'll be on 45 TV. Manny with us coming up in February and March for our coverage of the girls' and boys' high school hockey championships. Hard to believe that's not very far away. I know. <laughs> it's it's amazing how you, you get to, like, November. And, and what's funny is... The girls' hockey season just started, yes. And but you're already thinking, man, February is just a couple yeah, months away, isn't it? Weird? It seems like it was. I was just playing golf in the summer. Now it's already past Thanksgiving. We're closing in on the holidays, <laughs> and we're already talking about spring state championships. It's just, it's, it's too mind blowing. Let's take a break and contemplate all this, Manny. We'll be back in a minute. And Garage Logic with Tom Hauser will return in just a moment. But now we're going to head out east. And get the Your Money Now report. It comes to us courtesy of our friends in Owatonna at Federated Insurance. Here is Bruce Vale. Hi there, Manny. We had a shortened trading session on Wall Street today. And at the end, stocks were up just a bit with the Dow Jones Industrial Average ahead 31 points to 23,557. The NASDAQ Composite rose 21 points but closed at a fresh record high. And the S&P 500 closed at an all-time high after gaining 5 points. Millions of people started using their phones to do holiday shopping right after the turkey dinner was served Thursday, showing just how holiday shopping has shifted over the last few years. The 24 hours that started last night are shaping up to be the biggest online spending period of the year, even eclipsing this coming Cyber Monday. Better mobile e-commerce sites and easy one-click payment options are also contributing to the rise in mobile shopping. If you're looking to pick up a Christmas tree this weekend, bring some extra cash. Declining tree sales 10 years ago led growers to plant fewer replacement trees. The result now is a smaller supply and higher prices. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. All right. Thank you, Bruce. We'll check back in with you in about an hour. Save the date, folks. 1500 ESPN's 7th Annual Sports Fantasy Auction is happening Tuesday, December 12th. Listen all day from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. to purchase and bid on great experiences with all proceeds benefiting the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. Presented in part by Able Chiropractic and TCL. Details and packages coming soon to 1500ESPN.com. Stick around. We've got much more Garage Logic with Tom Hauser coming up.
in uh, just a few minutes. And welcome back to Garage Logic on 1500 ESPN. This is Deputy Mayor Tom Hauser sitting in for the mayor, Joe Souchere, who's enjoying the, I'm sure, the 60-degree temperatures. Manny, it might even be warmer than 60 by now. I don't know. It was, yeah, let me let me update my phone here. It was see, 60, uh, the... uh, but uh, Jonathan Uhas was saying it might go up another couple of degrees, 61 mm-hmm. or 62. I could imagine down by U.S. Bank Stadium there might be one or two patios uh, open up for pregame activities for the uh, big high school football championship games tonight and even today. Uh, looks like we've dropped a couple of, de- of uh, degrees. It looks like we're down to 58 right now. Well, that's an outrage. To, uh, that's an outrage. It was, weather, it was so. 60 an hour ago. So uh, anyway, we did set the record. The previous record was 59 for the day, and today we did hit 60 at least. Now, we do have a couple of finals from the Prep Bowl over at U.S. Bank Stadium, which, of course, these games are also on 45 TV if you don't make it down to the games. In nine-man football, Spring Grove beat Nevis by a score of 32 to nothing. And then in, uh, that again, that was in nine-man. In class uh, uh, 1AA, you have Caledonia leading Pipestone area 36 to 6, and that game is at halftime. That game kicked off at 1 o'clock, so the latest score we have there is 36 to 6. Now coming up uh, later today at US Bank Stadium and on 45 TV you'll have Holy Angels in class uh, uh 5-4A that is Holy Angels against Cloquet and again that game starts at 4 o'clock if you want to get down to the stadium or watch it on 45 TV. And then tonight at 7 o'clock we have uh, class uh, 6A you've got Minnetonka against Eden Prairie. We had the head coaches of those two teams, Mike Grant and Dave Nelson, joined us off the top of the the show at one o'clock. And Manny it was interesting talking to the to the two of them. You can tell that uh, you know for Mike Grant, clearly he's been to the prep bowl so many times. They mm-hmm. were runners up last year, but he's won ten, uh, ten state titles. Dave Nelson has won two state titles, one with Blaine and one with Minnetonka. But it's been since two thousand four since Minnetonka has been there. And you get the idea of Mike Grant's being a little coy. He knows he's got a powerhouse of a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also knows, as we talked about in high school football, anything can happen. One key player, like Antonio Montero for the Eagles, he gets injured or something happens to some other key player uh, for Eden Prairie or Minnetonka. That could dictate how the whole game turns out. Yeah, I mean, and, and even sometimes it doesn't even have to be an injury. It could just be one one big play. That yes. Just, that could, you know, if, if it's a low-scoring game and you're playing – Field position, you've got two teams that are evenly matched and they're sort of grinding it out. And, you know, one big play, uh, it could be the only big play of the game and it could just change the entire landscape of how the game finishes. Yeah, and it's and it, it doesn't have to be an injury. Like you said, it could be just somebody having a bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Grant, and, and I, I don't know if this was his point, but I know he was. it's something he would like to guard against. He thinks every game they've played this year, has been a solid game. Now, in the Minnetonka game that was at Eden Prairie, he said they had some turnovers, but ultimately they ended up winning it by by 18 points. He said we've had we, we've played well in every single game. They're 12 and 0, and you always have to guard against that letdown. That can happen in yeah. any sport. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, <laughs> it's funny. I've I've been thinking about this with Case Keenum, the way he's playing really well for the Vikings right now. He really hasn't had that really, really bad, disastrous day, you know, performance. 
And my fear is that he's, that it's going to happen, and it's going to happen at the worst possible time, and it's going to be in a playoff game, and it just puts the Vikings uh, behind the eight ball. That's and, my number one fear. Well, and it was funny because in that Washington Redskins game, he threw interceptions on right. back-to-back passes that yeah. I believe both turned into points, and then that game was in doubt when it looked like it was going to be a laugher. But the good news is uh, he recovered from that. Right. Uh, you know, we maintained the lead, ended up winning the game. So in case Keenum's... Uh, case uh you know it it turned out pretty well so he was battle tested a little bit there but eden prairie tonight again being 12 and 0 being the favorite being number one from the start of the season until right now you could tell mike grant was concerned about it Uh, they got to hold on to the ball as he said football's not a difficult game uh hang on to the ball do what the game plan dictates but as he I, i think he said in the uh in the Eden Prairie Minnetonka game earlier in the season, uh, they fumbled on their first play of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, Minnetonka turned it into points. Uh, so an early turnover in this game tonight could be very crucial for uh, whichever team recovers the turnover. Yeah, and and I think too, if you're Eden Prairie, you've got you know if you if you have kids that are you know were on the team last year uh, that came up just a little bit short, but they have that experience now of playing. In, in that environment, in that championship atmosphere. And I, and I wonder if some of those kids that are returning uh, to this year's team, if if that if they're going to sort of channel some of that experience that they gained last year uh, to help them tonight. But you also have a very confident Minnetonka team that's like, hey, we're here too, and we're here to win this football game too. And, you know, Minnetonka, the, the thing you can say about them is they've been very resilient. Yeah. They have had some adversity in the playoffs, that prior late game. It looked like they were going to lose. They couldn't score a touchdown to save their lives until the very end of the game, and they go on this long drive and they score. Uh, and then last week against Creighton, they had a 17 to nothing lead, and then that slowly started to evaporate, and they had to hang on at the end to win it, uh, I believe, 17 to 14. So they they know what it's like to play under pressure, whether they have to score to win the game or play good defense to Get win the stop. game. Yeah. They've, they've done it on both sides of the ball. Don't you think that could help them tonight? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, well, and, and I think it really just shows why both of these teams are are at this point because they're both very battle tested. I mean, obviously they're well coached. You know, both of these coaches are terrific and and have been terrific for a while. But um, I think you you're gonna have two teams that are really experienced and they're battle tested. And uh, gosh, it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be a really fun game. Well, and on a personal note, it's fun for me because Dave Nelson is my neighbor. I mean, we're literally the coach of Minnetonka. We're literally next-door neighbors, or our backyards connect. Yeah. So I see Dave, uh, you know, just about every day. And, uh, you know, we were living near each other when he won the state championship in 04 with his son Jesse as quarterback. And now we have some kids uh, who are seniors who live in the neighborhood who are on the team. Uh, mm. Sam Durkee, uh plays in the team. He's a, a linebacker. Uh, Luke Slavens, one of their backup uh, place kickers. Adam Livingston, a really solid running back from Minnetonka, has been a, a hockey teammate of my son's for uh, many years. So you've kind so, of seen these kids grow up a little oh, bit. Oh, yes. I, I've seen them, you know, since they were five or six years old. And so yeah. now it's fun to go to U.S. Bank Stadium. And it's so so fun for them to get this experience, win or lose, to, to have already played one game there and beat beaten a, a solid Creighton Durham Hall team and now they're going to play uh, obviously a very solid Eden Prairie team if they could pull off a victory uh, it would be one for the books because Eden Prairie is solid and Minnetonka knows they're going to have to play their best game of the season to win this tonight and then on top of all that as we talked about with the coaches earlier two coaching legends I mean yeah. Dave Nelson and Mike Grant are legends in their own right 
but their dads were coaching legends. Bud Grant with the Vikings and Stan Nelson uh, with Anoka. Uh, and Stan is 97 years old, and uh, I'm sure we'll be at the game tonight. Uh, it's just it's so exciting. So many reasons to either go out to U.S. Bank Stadium to watch this game or any of the games today. And, of course, you can watch them on 45 TV as well. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We've, we'll update you on some NHL hockey action. And we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit of Minnesota Vikings as well. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to Garage Logic on 1500 ESPN. Tom Hauser filling in for Joe Sushere today, who is taking the holiday weekend off and I'm sure enjoying the 60 degree temperatures outside. And what a great, if you're a football fan, uh, Thanksgiving, you have the, the turkey feast followed by the football feast. Mm-hmm. Right, we got high school football action going on all day and night today at U.S. Bank Stadium and again tomorrow. Again, you can either go down and watch the games or catch them on 45 uh, TV. And then in the college ranks, uh, we were, we already had the Vikings win their game yesterday, which was a lot of fun. But now on Saturday, we also have uh, the University of Minnesota Gophers playing for the chance to go to a bowl game. But, Manny, in order to do that, they have to beat the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah. Uh, what, what kind of chance do you give them to beat Wisconsin? It's a home game, so yeah. you never know. Stranger <laughs> things have happened, but this doesn't look good. Well, it is college football, and I will say, I, I think it, anything can happen. <laughs> uh, well, I, well, and Tom, is I'll that say the this. pregame uh, pep talk by PJ Fleck? Hey, anything well, could happen. Well, here's the thing. So, and this like just happened. This news just just uh, just broke here. Miami, University of Miami, the Hurricanes. They were playing up, Pittsburgh today, right? And they just lost to Pittsburgh 24 to 14. Pittsburgh wow. was 4 and 7 going into this game. There you have it. That so, is all the evidence we need, Gopher fans. <laughs> number 2 team in the country just lost to a, a 4 and 7 football team. So anything can happen. Um with that said, Wisconsin, the way they run the football and that offensive line, they get just enough out of their quarterback play. Um, they are just a well-oiled machine, and you know the Gophers have have been dealing with some adversity this year with injuries and you know a quarterback change and 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 things like that. New coach, new system, all of that. So it, it's it, it's going to be stacked against them. But you know, I'll give them I'll give them a, I'll give them a slight chance to maybe pull it off. And you it's going to be tough. Though. And and both teams are playing for a lot. Uh, obviously, yeah. Wisconsin undefeated. They desperately want to get into the the football playoff. They want to get into that that top four. And then you got the Gophers, who, while you can go to a bowl game at five and seven, it seems unlikely that would happen right. with them this year. But if you get to the six win mark, then you're in. So they both have a lot of incentive. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem is Wisconsin, I think, at this point, has a little more talent. Yes, they do, and they have a much bigger incentive, I think, yes. in terms of wanting to stay undefeated and you know win the Big Ten title game and get into the playoff. But um, As opposed to you know hoping to get into the Poulon Weed Eater Bowl or whatever, <laughs> whoever it might be sponsoring. Isn't that amazing how you're, how you're just sort of, like you couldn't even remember what bowl game somebody was in like two, three years ago because it's a completely different name yes. now because they, they change the sponsors with these every other I'm year. a traditionalist. I, I miss the days when it was the Rose Bowl, yeah. the Peach Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and they just they, they had a name. It was like the Super Bowl, uh, so you knew what the right. game was, but it wasn't a you know the BMW Bowl or whatever. I'm all uh, for I'm all for having sponsors attached to bowl games, but these bowl games need they all need to have 
specific names along with the sponsors that are attached to them. That way you can have more of a, an archive of this. Well, thing. yeah, you need a historical identity. Yeah. And then the games mean more. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately we've lost some of that, and we're not going to put that genie back in the bottle because it's all about the money these right. days. And yeah. uh, they need big sponsors for these bowls, and when they spend the millions of dollars to sponsor it, they say our name is going to come first. Now there's another big game, uh, and again, uh, Speaking personally, uh, tomorrow I will be at the University of St. Thomas watching uh, them play in the NCAA Division Three playoffs against Barry out of, I believe they're out of Atlanta, Georgia, or near Atlanta, Georgia. I don't okay. know much about them. I, I did hear they just started a football program about four or five years ago and mm. have slowly built into this year. Obviously, they're in the playoffs, won a game last week, and they'll be in again uh, this week. i got to believe St. Thomas will be favored but it's amazing what a powerhouse Glenn Caruso has built over at St. Thomas. It really is, and and we saw them uh, a couple of years ago. They got to the to the championship game against uh, it was in Mount Union. That's another yes. obviously a big powerhouse in Division Three, and and uh, yeah, Coach Caruso he's done he's done a phenomenal job just building that program, and uh, they got a lot of talented football players. And you were telling me off the air that Jock Para, the quarterback for St. Thomas, who was briefly with the Minnesota Gophers and played his high school football at Roseville, you covered. Uh, him and you said he was a great guy and a great athlete. Yeah, he's a great kid. I, you know, I I covered uh, Hastings Sports. I I do the uh, public address announcing now for their home football games. But uh, when I was covering the sports down there, um, you know, they were in the Suburban East Conference, uh, so they were playing Roseville every year. And so I got a chance to watch Jacques Perra at Roseville play a few times. And he was a talented football player. He's a talented kid. Big arm, big strong kid. Uh, he can run a little bit, and uh, he's doing a nice job for St. Thomas, too. He absolutely is, and St. Thomas has a, a very good offense, but, boy, they really have a great defense, yeah. especially when it comes to stopping the run. I don't know if you remember in the St. Thomas-St. John's game, I think St. John's had a net nine yards. Uh, I, I believe that St. Thomas leads the nation in in rushing defense and maybe overall defense as well. I, I can't recall in, in Division Three, but... They could get on a roll uh, yeah. if if they get you know past this game. Obviously, each succeeding game gets a little tougher. There's a lot of good Division three football game uh, teams around the country, and it gets tougher as it should in the playoffs with each succeeding uh, game. But I'm excited, and tomorrow it looks like the weather's going to be good again. Isn't this fun? It's fun. <laughs> Great weather outside. I love it's, it. It's almost a shame the, the the games tonight at U.S. Bank Stadium have to be in. Maybe they can open the doors. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, you know, maybe open the doors. And, and uh, well, it, it's interesting because, you know, before U.S. Bank Stadium opened, they were playing at TCF Bank Stadium for a couple of years while U.S. Bank Stadium was getting built. And I just remember those championship, those prep bowl games being so cold. And you, yeah. it, it, it's it's like the timing of it just seemed a little bit off. It's like, man, if they could have gotten this weather that we're getting today a couple of years ago at TCF Bank Stadium, it would have been perfect. Well, and of course, I'm old school as well as just being old. But uh, my uh, high school football team, Edina West, uh, won the state championship in 1978, fall of 78. We were the class of, of 79. But we played at the old Parade Stadium, mm -hmm. and it was a cold night, snow flurries, and, you know, yeah. a frozen field. You know, it was like looking at old Viking highlights uh, from, <laughs> from the 60s. Yeah. And so it, it is amazing how it has changed. We, we got really comfortable in the Metrodome for a number of years, then a couple of years back outside, and everybody said, yeah, now we know why we like to be inside <laughs> playing football yeah. when it gets to be uh, this late in the winter, although... Great weather today for the Beautiful. fans who want to maybe, uh, you know, do a little 
uh, pregame activities on the plaza or wherever. Uh, it should be a great day, great night for high school football. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Yeah, we got a few more minutes left on Garage Logic here on 1500 ESPN. Stick with us. Welcome back to our closing moments here on Garage Logic, 1500 ESPN. It's Tom Hauser filling in for Joe Sucherate today. We've talked about high school hockey. We've talked about high school football. We've talked about the NHL. We've talked college football. We even threw in some Al Franken conversation. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on out in Washington? It's been a, a busy afternoon. I hope uh, everybody has enjoyed it. We don't want to forget the Minnesota Wild are about to drop the puck here in about five minutes or so. Oh, okay. uh, Over at XL Energy Center, they're playing the Colorado Avalanche. The two teams are tied in the standings in the Western Conference, so it would be in the Central Division. It would be uh, nice if the Wild could pull off a win. So that'll be kind of fun. But you got to love Thanksgiving weekend. You've got so much going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Vikings playing on Thanksgiving. You've got high school state championships all day long, both today and Saturday. You've got... College football, St. Thomas in Division Three. You got the Gophers, and then you've got NHL hockey, and uh, the high school boys' season uh, in hockey is just getting underway this weekend with a lot of tournaments. So it's really a great time to be alive, isn't it? Maybe. Oh, it totally, it totally is. And and I remember my years of covering high school sports. I would always get really excited for like this time of year because you know girls' hockey season's already you know kind of underway a couple of weeks into the season. The boys' hockey season starting. We got boys and girls basketball that's starting soon. You got wrestling that's getting underway. Like winter sports was always like really, really busy for me, but I always enjoyed it because there was just so much stuff, so many teams to follow and and uh, and uh, and and pay attention to. It was awesome. And it allows you to forget about the cold. You yeah. just you run yeah. from arena or uh, gymnasium uh, back and forth from your heated car, and you can forget all about the cold. But uh, tonight, of course, the big matchup is Minnetonka. Against Eden Prairie, number one against number two, two West Metro uh, football powerhouses. And it looks like it's going to be uh, a great game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Certainly a great night for the fans making their way into the stadium. So I'm really looking forward to that. And Manny, thanks for all your help today. It's been a lot of fun, and we will see you again shortly. I'm glad you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to you too, sir. 1500 ESPN is a KSTP at St. Paul, Minneapolis. Stay tuned. The Friday Football Fun Fest is coming up next.